When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. Steve here with Jimmy, episode 152. Uh, a little over 24 hours after Roma's, how do we describe it, Jim? Uh, last gasp winner at the Olympico, I guess. 2-1 win over Lecce. Uh, a match that Roma almost let it get, get away from themselves. But in the end, it's three points and uh, a much needed three points that. Yeah, uh, last minute is... Putting it mildly, with with those two goals scored, Roma becomes the uh, leader in Serie A in goals scored in added time, uh, and they've they've scored nine nine goals beyond the seventy sixth minute this season, um, which is kind of wild. So yeah. the, this game was not good for my blood pressure. This game was not good for my general well being. Uh, I'm still happy with the three points, but. Man, I wish that Roma could sometimes make it a little bit easier for, for itself. Yeah, that nine leads the league from the 76th minute onward. Um, that was a stat put on by Optopalo today on uh, Twitter. I saw early this morning. Certainly impressive. I don't know how many Roma matches are actually good for the blood pressure or good for our health. It, even when they win, they're rarely like that uh, peaceful of a win, so to speak, for our, our sanity. But big win. I mean, Roma... For the most part, we're the better side, right? They they controlled more possession, uh, you know, more chances for the most part in, in the match. In the end, though, Lecce actually ended up with the same amount of shots on target, actually, uh, now looking back at the stats. But Roma was 60-40 possession. They just, you know, I, I we'll start at the beginning. I mean, they got the penalty called for them, Roma, in the second minute. Um, Dybala was awarded a penalty kick. Lukaku went to take it. And... I mean, that is one area where he usually excels. 87%. Um, yeah, he's, very he, he, he poorly scores 87% of the time. And that yeah. was just the not a good penalty. Uh, yeah, I low down thought, the middle pretty much. I thought that based off of that, that it was pretty much over uh, <laughs> from that moment. Uh, you, you don't usually mentality-wise come back from missing a penalty in that particular fashion which is obviously, you know, pretty frustrating to see uh, so early. To see something that happened so quickly for Dybala to get a penalty um, only for it to turn into nothing, that was really frustrating. And by the time that the first half was over, I wasn't really seeing very much that made me think that Roma was going to uh, 
break this. I was expecting a zero zero draw. Yeah, it had that feeling for a while. I I know the the save penalty was huge. Obviously, I I know um, Vladimiro Falcone, who it has been linked with Roma. He's he's a Roman native Roman, and he admitted post match that he is a Roma fan. Um, and if you know Roma ever comes calling, he'd be more than willing to kind of uh, seize the opportunity, so to speak. Um, maybe he was putting on a, a little bit of a you know um, tryout yesterday for Roma in a way, right? Like a little bit yeah. of, of, of like, let me show you what I got because he made a really good save on Alar also um, on a curling effort. DiBala almost scored one of the goals of the season, as as the commentator put it, when he kind of popped it up to himself and hit it. First time that just missed. I mean, there was another one where he curled it just wide of the goal and it had that feeling to it. And then all of a sudden here's Lecce, right? I'm texting my buddy back and forth and you know, he's like, Oh yeah, Rome. And he's a lot too. He's like, Rome going to eventually get a goal in this match. Like it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, like seconds later, uh, Lecce found their go ahead goal. And that was in the 71st minute by Pontus Almquist. Uh, it was winger to winger as as Bonda set him up. And all of a sudden you're like, oh boy, like it might not even be 0-0. Like this might be one of those matches where Roma left to get away from themselves at home in front of the home crowd against the Lecce side that earlier in the season was playing well, but has been playing that well lately. Um, you knew they were going to be tough, but if Roma had lost this match, it, it would have been devastating. And when that goal went in, it had that feeling of like, oh boy, like, I hope we could just get a goal to like level this one and, and take something away from it because the Derby's coming up very soon in a week's time. And like, you don't want to go into the Derby on back-to-back losses. You're going to have a desperate Lazio side. And we'll get into that a little bit later um, after we wrap with this one, but things could have gotten really ugly for Roma and, and that, that Almquist goal. I mean, you had to be nervous after that, Jim. Oh, I mean, I definitely was honestly, I felt like I had seen that this movie before, which is, a minnow manages to score one and then parks the bus to the extreme and Roma ends up losing one zero or drawing one, one. And that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I turned off the uh, audio on the match after that goal. I kept watching because on some level I must hate myself, but I, uh, I, it was, I could not listen to the commentary after that goal just because I, did not think this was going to go well. Uh, I mean, yeah. a 72nd minute goal when you're not really seeing that many chances develop. I mean, it the expected goals for the uh, for the match were basically two to 0.8. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, the last two goals were pretty bang on goals. Um, we can talk more about them as we get to that in the match r- run through, but it's not like Roma was putting in a huge number of great chances. Uh, there were only five total shots on target over the course of 90 minutes, which I'd expect more from a club with the level of attacking power that we've got at the moment against the Lecce side to only have five shots on target. Uh, that's not, that's not exactly great. Um, so I was expecting the worst after that goal. Uh and I think most Romanisti probably were expecting that 1-0 loss or 1-1 draw, which thankfully turned out to not be the case. Uh, we got that first. We got the sign of life in the first minute of the 90th extra time uh, with that Sardar Asmoon goal with a really great assist from Nikola Zalewski. Yes. Uh, he's correctly received a lot of crap 
over the last year or so for not being at the level that we kind of expected from him. Basically, from the moment that he graduated from the Primavera side, he pretty neatly slotted himself into the starting 11 once he it, um, graduated. Uh, for the past year or so, he's been unimpressive. But that assist made me feel way more confident about his ability going forward. It made me realize it, it, it's like that old saying, like, form is temporary, class is permanent. And that was one of those assists where you're just like, oh, this this is this guy has class. Um, and the Asmoon goal, I didn't expect a goal from Asmoon. I, I still don't really know what to expect from Asmoon, period. We've seen very yeah. little of him to start this season. Um, he seems like a wonderful guy based off of all the interviews that I've read, but that's about all I know about him. <laughs> and I'm, I'm used to seeing backup strikers. And in this case, he's basically third striker. Um, pretty much just riding the pine and not getting very much to do when they're in Rome and not scoring goals, period. So for him, of all people, to be the guy scoring that goal that turned this at least into a draw was pretty surprising to me. I would assume that was the same for you, Steve. Yeah, very, very nice header. Uh, great ball by Zalewski. He was, like, pretty much unmarked. So, I mean, I guess credit to him to, for making a good run. Credit to Zalewski for putting it in a great area where he was able to just run onto it with power and, and blast it at home. Strong header. Um, defense caught sleeping a little bit, I guess, which in that situation, it's, I guess there's so many bodies pouring forward. Maybe he just kind of slipped through there, but, um, a welcome, welcome goal from him because, you know, he was brought in to be another goal scoring option. Um, I don't think we were going to anybody imagine getting Lukaku and getting the production we've gotten off of him. You know, Osmond came first. Uh, maybe if the Lukaku move happens first, Osmond doesn't come. I don't know. Um, but it's just another option now. I mean, Belotti's cooled off a little bit, and here's Asmoon. I mean, Mourinho had to throw on pretty much all of his at- attacking weapons late in the match because, you know, right before the goal is when he subbed on Sanchez, thinking, you know what, in a 0-0, we bring on this, uh, you know, talented midfielder, Sanchez, who's back from injury. Maybe he's got 20, 25 minutes in him to to drive the ball up in the midfield, create something that'll get us that one nothing winner. Uh, and then a mi- literally a minute later, Almquist scored, and it kind of threw things into uh, out of whack. So he brings on Asmoon for Awar to bring on more of a, an attacker for a midfielder. Um, you know, it's not enough, and they had to bring on more. And then in comes Belotti and Zalewski and, and uh, Christensen in the 78th minute, where he takes off Mancini, a center back, takes off Karsdorp, who kind of just looked gas, and brings on Belotti, a striker for El Shirari, uh, who also did a lot of running himself in the match, playing as a left wing back prior to uh, Zalewski coming on. And I was surprised by the fact that Dybala played the whole match, right? Did, did that surprise you at all that coming off the injury that kept him out for probably about a month? He, he was able to go 97 minutes. I definitely didn't think that was going to happen. And I mean, if you look at Mourinho's post-match comments, you can see that I don't think he really expected it to happen either. Uh, and to the point where he said, Paolo's important for us, but the minutes he played today versus Lecce... Don't really represent the player he is. He really did a lot for us tonight, but I think it's better not to take him to Prague. I told him how I feel about this, and he said that he wants to be there with us. I never thought he could play 90 minutes, neither me nor Paolo nor the doctors. He played 98 and did it because of the emotions this game entailed for the result to help the team. His condition was not to play 90 minutes. We had decided that he would not take penalties or free kicks. He wouldn't shoot from a standing position. Yesterday I told the truth, but he wasn't in optimal conditions. He stayed to get the result. In the first half, he took a blow to the ankle, but he said that he had nothing and went on. So I was very impressed with his ability to be there for the full 90, uh, especially because there was a good amount of 
extra time, fortunately, for Roma. Yeah. And not only that, but he was pretty critical. I, Lukaku does not score that goal without that very well-placed pass by Dybala. Yeah, got um, the assist on the winning goal. Yeah, that that assist was excellent. Um, it a lot of, I mean, granted, a lot of assists can look excellent when you're feeding them to Romelu Lukaku because the way that he's able to just muscle off a defender. I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's like pretty damn impressive. Um, there's not many other strikers in the world that I can think of who are just able to muscle themselves free of a defender in the way that he does on a pretty regular yeah. basis. And I mean, you see him pull off the kit and you get why, because he's just the most jacked soccer player I've seen in my life in a different way from like a Cristiano Ronaldo type, just like he's a tank. Um, and that goal was very impressive. Uh, I think that looking ahead for Dybala, I would expect him to, I hope that he doesn't start against Prague. I Maybe that he gets thrown in in the same way that Sanchez was thrown in. Uh, he gets 20 to 25 minutes toward the end of the game if things are going all right, just to make sure that he's like, you know, keeping in form, still getting used to being on the pitch leading up to the Derby della Capitale. Uh, but on the one hand, as much as I agree with Mourinho that I don't necessarily want to see him play in Prague, I appreciate the mentality that I think these guys are really inhabiting right now. And let's be honest, I feel like the Mourinho era has really just been a showcase for in general, which is there's a never say die attitude to the club under Mourinho. Uh, There's a never say die attitude around like every individual player. Uh, I think that we've seen a lot of that from players like Lorenzo Pellegrini. I think we've seen a lot of that from like Andrea Bellotti. There's a very like strong determination that he's instilled into the side that I think should be commended. Have the results always been great? No, not at all. Uh, But I do think that, for literally decades, one of the biggest things people complained about Roma was a lack of winning mm-hmm. mentality. And this is the kind of match that you are able to pull out of your ass if you have a winning mentality. And Roma displayed that for, and I don't, I don't really know. We talked last week about the the points, <laughs> the points per game situation. Yeah, I really don't know if under another manager, I can think of many instances in my time writing for CDT where Rome has been able to pull a win out of its ass in this particular way. Uh, This feels pretty unique to the Mourinho era. And I hope regardless of what happens with Mourinho going forward, that this core of players. And when I say the core, I mean, people like Mancini, I mean, like Bove, I mean, Pellegrini, Cristante, um, you know, even a Paolo Dybala and Lukaku, if they stick around. Uh, I hope that they kind of maintain that mentality regardless of who the next manager might be. Uh, or if they keep Mourinho around, I hope that the, you know, the mentality sticks around too. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and the mentality is so important, right? I can't remember any other time, my my time watching this team, which is going on close to 20 years now, that they've been able to do this, right? So yeah. consistently. And just going back, before I get back to the mentality, just going back to the goal, it felt to me when Lukaku had the defender kind of backed in there, like he was going to score. It just, he has that feeling as a striker that when he gets himself in a position like that, it just, like I felt it growing in that, in that play, in that like split second when he made his move, I'm like, they're going to, he's going to score. Like they're going to win this, this match. And he did it and he finished it perfectly. Um, the celebration was emphatic. I think it was a lot of relief. We'll get into that, but 
just in terms of the mentality, Mourinho was asked about that. And the, the reporter asked in the post-match presser, it can no longer be a coincidence that this team picks up so many points late on in games as a matter of heart, character, mentality. How would you describe it? And he said, I describe by t- talking about heart mentality, mainly this connection with the fans. I've coached six, seven teams. And I don't remember any situations like this, losing at home in the final 10, where the fans keep you going. I think the reason is this connection. Um, then coaches can make changes, but the truth is that the team was totally unbalanced. Okay, we had people on the pitch who can score and a buildup of forwards who can cause problems sometimes, creating defensive cast for the opponents. But the truth is, Lecce could have set, scored a second. They had the chance. It was a crazy game, which in the end went our way. And obviously, these are three very important points. So Mourinho, quick to compliment the mentality and, and the connection of the fans that helped push the team along, but also reminded us, you know what, just because we pulled this out, it could have easily gone the other way, even after Roma's first goal, um, because of the unbalance that was created with the substitutions. Um, but the celebration, Jim, it was almost like like a vindication moment, right? Like Lukaku missed that penalty, and who else to score the winning goal but the guy who might have been able to put this game to bed really early in the match, right? Because I feel like if Roma scored two minutes in, um, they would have been on the front foot and, and yeah. likely found a second in the first half and then Lecce's kind of done and dusted because I don't think they would have been able to break through Roma's defense if Roma played their, you know, regular um, half-field defense, so to speak, right? Like, thinking of basketball, yeah. like the half, half-court half defense, right? If Roma's in the lead, they don't have to stretch themselves to, to a spot where, like, Lecce scored their goal in the counterattack and caused some other chances in the counterattack. Um, Mourinho was asked about his celebration. It was very quick because I wanted to talk to the players afterwards. The game wasn't over and there were still a few minutes to play and the team was unbalanced. Today we espoused the old philosophy that losing by one or by tangles is the same thing. In the last 10 minutes, we could have lost by two or three. At the at the moment there, the team was unbalanced. We finished the game with five offensive players with Belotti, the fifth on the right. The boys were extraordinary. So was the crowd because usually when the home team is losing one nothing with 10 minutes to go and defeat is very, very close. You don't usually see this passion and connection between the fans and the players. They deserved it, the players and the fans. In the first half, I'm not saying the game could have been put to bed, but we certainly could have been in front. The players deserved it because they showed heart and responded to a very risky situation. Lecce did not fall short of my expectations, is what which, what I said yesterday at the press conference. I said they are a very well-coached and organized team with those three very quick attackers in the break. I feel sorry for them because they did an extraordinary job. I'm sorry for Falcone because we've already joked a bit together. He's a big Roma fan, but when he plays against us, he saves practically everything. Um, so Mourinho, you know, kind of echoed our, our sentiments about the first half there. Uh, the fact that Roma could have maybe not put the match to bed, but been in a really favorable position. And again, complimenting the fans, the, the, the crowd being there, that packed Olympico, you can't, you, you really can't overlook, I think, the importance of that and the fact that this olympical crowd is behind the team at all moments you know unless it goes really really south where it's like a three four nothing match they stick behind the players you know we don't hear a lot of whistles this year to me like they they know that this team can come back in matches so they stick with them to the very end yeah i think that's 100 percent true i think that again i don't know how much to tie this to Mourinho himself or the club more broadly but i think that even that's just let's just point to the ownership. I think that ownership from ownership down, the club right now is indicating a willingness to really kind of put it all out there on the line. Uh, whether that's signing Lukaku and indicating through the press that they're likely to try to keep him around, uh, or signing Dybala or signing Mourinho or you know 
bringing in players like Ndika, who I thought had a quite quite a good game mm-hmm. um, against Lecce, uh, or and keeping players like Brian Cristante and Gianluca Mancini around. Um, I feel like that's an indication that's kind of different from prior ownership groups that, you know, are can they guarantee the results will be good? No, but like neither can Arsenal. I mean, did you see what happened to them? And like yeah. no no team can. Arsenal can't, Tottenham can't. Um no team can guarantee Li- good Li- results. Liverpool dropped uh, two points to Lutton Town, right? Like exactly. There, there's always I, these matches. Yeah, these matches always happen, especially against other big clubs sometimes. But what they can, it seems like what the the club from the top down is about right now is guaranteeing not necessarily the end result, but guaranteeing the effort, which I really appreciate uh, just as a fan. And I think that it's visible enough that the fans in the stadium also appreciate that as well. Uh, there's a level of energy and excitement and, you know, I mean, Mourinho himself has talked about kind of the secret sauce that Roma supporters have. We've discussed it already that, you know, the whistling wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. Like you were one yeah. down to Lecce and they weren't whistling, which is pretty, I think in most big club stadiums, if they were down at home, that would be happening. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they were still invested and still supportive I think it's I'm hopeful that it's undoing a lot of the toxic atmosphere that I've often felt has been around the club, Uh, because I think that that toxic atmosphere in terms of extremely high expectations and no room for for failure, yet like similarly being unaccepting of financial realities Mm -hmm. makes this place a total pressure cooker in the sense that like players like players who mean incredibly well if you're signed for anything more than like a couple pennies, if you're not like a golden boot winner, you're going to get ground to a fine pace. Like I think that half the reason why players like Patrick Schick didn't become stars in Rome and then left Rome and became stars elsewhere is because there's just a certain level of media frenzy around the club that, must be really challenging to to face as a player um and i think that seeing support instead of kind of aggression against the squad that's a real step in the right direction in terms of building like kind of the nurturing environment where players can feel comfortable with knowing that if they give a whole lot of effort that they will be respected and cared for which i think is what we saw yesterday yeah i i, I agree I, I think that that's really accurate and it, it takes the right mentality right and i think that's that was like the whole lukaku part of the celebration right i mean after that um marina was also asked about lukaku's penalty and and he said uh he was asked about the kiss and he said it, it, it was actually his first uh missing his first penalty in italy uh actually he was yeah. asked about in the question which is which is crazy because he he took pretty much the majority of them when he was at inter um, the first in Italy and the second with me, he joked, he was, he missed one with Chelsea in the European super cup against Bayern Munich. Only those who take penalties miss them. I'm never sad about a player missing one. The decision not to let Paolo take the penalty was because he did not feel comfortable striking the ball from standing position. His ligament suffers a bit with the power of striking a dead ball, no corners, no direct free kicks, no penalties, uh, which explains why he also didn't take any corner kicks yesterday. Um, that's why Romelu took it. 
a player in whom we have great confidence who did very well in training. I say the problem is that Romelu is an ultra emotional guy. I know him better than anyone because I've coached him at three different teams. He's a very sensitive guy. He misses a penalty early in the game and his heart and soul cry and he suffers. So for him to score the winning goal for me, it couldn't have been better because it meant victory for the team. It means Romelu can sleep a bit easier, waking up with a smile on the face because he's really a guy with a big heart. And, and that, and that's, I think, so big, too, as uh, Mourinho pointed out before we move on to the upcoming match, is that <clears throat> it really sets Lukaku up to continue the, the strong run he was on. You know, if he misses that penalty, then he misses it. And he also had a big save uh, that was kick saved by Falcone. And then if he doesn't get that winner, maybe he blows a chance or something instead of scoring it. Maybe it, maybe it carries over with him. Maybe he lets the emotions run over into uh, Prague and into the Derby, depending on if he starts in Prague, right? And now I think... He had that vindication. He had the big moment with the fans. You know, he came through it in, in a big moment. And I think mentally for him, it, it's it's such a, a big thing because strikers can run hot and cold. And for a, a striker who can be so emotional as he can, I, I just think that was a huge goal. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that it's been really lucky. Well, not luck. I think it's been about talent that Lukaku has become such an integral part of the side so quickly. Uh, compared to a lot of the strikers who have come in, I think basically the only one I can think of in the past 15 years who has really come in to the club from day one and started banging in goals is Hammy Abraham. Uh, mm. That's the only other one that I can think of. Uh, the fact that he's been able to do that consistently is great. I think the fact that he got that game-winning goal really und- undid any mental trauma, so to speak, that probably was incurred by missing that penalty at the beginning. And and as we've said a lot of times before, uh, strikers in particular are pretty finicky uh, when it comes to their mentality. Like, it's just a fact of life. Uh, And we've seen that this season with the comparison between last season's Andrea Bellotti and this season's Andrea Bellotti. Bellotti's looked great this season, whereas he had incredible chances uh, last season that he completely whiffed on a good number of times uh he's looked like a changed player this season so yeah i think whether or not lukaku plays against Prague, my guess is he does maybe for like a half if things go well um i'm hopeful that he can you know get another goal and keep up his uh europa league record which is something insane like i think that he's scored a match in like nine of his last ten european matches or something crazy like that um and if he's able to keep that up i think that'll be good for his mentality as well and we need all the luck all the rabbit's foot uh coming into this derby della capitale that we can get, we can get. yeah i mean his six goals have been have been really big for roma this year like we were looking for that last year right if it wasn't for latour martinez completely tearing up the league with his dozen goals uh, you know, Lukaku's probably in a golden boot race because he's tied with Giroud, uh, Giroud and Osiman. And, you know, if Lotaro's scoring around where his XG indicates, which is 6.73, I mean, he's he's absolutely destroying what he should be scoring. You know, Lukaku might be two or three off the pace rather than six. Uh, but even Lukaku, I mean, his XG on the season is 4.04, which speaks to the quality of his finishing this year. And, and it's so big for Roma. Uh, I do think he plays also in Prague. Let's quickly just touch on Prague, and then we'll talk about uh, the Derby for the last few minutes of the episode because I know we have to keep it a little bit briefer tonight. So Prague, big match in the sense that if Roma gets any kind of result there, um, they put themselves in a very favorable position to clinch the group because they're on the top of the group with nine points now. Prague is second with six after Roma beat them at the Olympico. 
Um, I think we do see some rotation. I think Mourinho tries to work in a couple bodies to keep people fresh. Um, maybe it's an opportunity for Sanchez to get a start if he's ready. Uh, I think Paredes probably slides back into the side because he was off on Sunday after his uh, his five yellow cards ready through through ten matches, which is quite a few. So he he had to sit out for disciplinary reasons. Um, you know, maybe this is a match for Belotti and a, um, Lukaku to start up top if Lukaku does start. I don't think we see too much of Dybala, if at all, like Mourinho indicated. I, I think we do see some rotation where possible um, without completely throwing the squad off of any rhythm ahead of the derby. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that, I mean, this is this is the trick that we've talked about constantly on this podcast, that to a certain extent, no matter how deep your squad is, you don't want to rotate too much from match yeah. to match, especially heading into a major match like the Derby. Uh, you just don't. You want to make sure that these players are getting consistent minutes. I think that my guess is that Mourinho will rotate out the players he knows he needs to rotate out. Uh, maybe he'll give, depending on how he's feeling about the match going in, uh, maybe he'll give Zvilar uh, a run at this yeah. match again because he's looked pretty decent in the. He almost Euro seems League like matches. our, at least for the group stage, he almost seems like the the go to starter. Yeah, like I think he's kind of the cup goalkeeper at the moment, and that probably will change. Uh, when we get deeper into the competition, I imagine that he'll trust Rui Patricio uh, if we end up in like a semifinal or a final. But for right now, it seems like we'll at least be getting some rotation in goalkeeper. There's not really that much room to rotate at center back in the current standings because like yeah. Chris Malling has just disappeared and we play three at the back and Kumbola's still rehabbing. So that means that we've got the defenders that we've got there, except maybe Cristante. Uh I would be intrigued to see Zalewski start again uh, for this Europa League match just because I want him to be able to build off that good form. Uh, I'm not worried about Brian Cristante maintaining his good form, but I want it to be said again that uh, looking at the SOFA score ratings for every player coming out of Lecce, uh, Cristante was ranked tied for first with Paolo Dybala. Uh, So I would say... He's like he's putting in a great season to date. So again, that's why I'm not worried about him losing form just by missing the Prague match. But at the same time, he's become a linchpin for this side for a reason. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those. I, I think he will rotate to it the extent that he's able to. And um, you know, if he needs to call on some of these guys off the bench, he will. But I, I'd love to see Roma go and get the three points just because then it allows for probably those last two group stage matches where Mourinho can, you know, plug in a Ricardo Pagano from the start if he'd like to to give, to give the kid the run and rest some other players in the midfield or whatnot. Or, you know, maybe Kermitisis or one of these defenders can get a start if we're, we're still short on defenders. Like, you don't have to risk that if we lose to Sheriff or Servette because we rotate heavily, it's going to, you know, completely put the group in jeopardy where then you have to play that play-in team from the champions again like last season like they had to do um a win here Roma pretty much clinched the group it would take a disaster for them not to right so um that's my hope there don't think like that man yeah <laughs> of course right um then it brings us to the derby on Sunday Mourinho was asked about the importance of this win ahead of the derby um and he said you know he was asked if it, this would basically provide an extra boost he said it's not the fact that we're ahead of Lazio but that in the same weekend so many top teams in the league drop points we talked about this in the dressing room at halftime. Lazio, Atalanta, and Milan lost. Uh, and one of Fiorentina or Juve will lose. And it ended up being Fiorentina losing one nothing in that match. Uh, 
So they also dropped points. That's not normal. Normally, nobody drops points, he says. So this is a situation that could not let us uh, let pass us by. These three points are really important for us because now we are closer to all these teams that are aiming for the top of the table. Um, and just to paint the picture of the standings now, I mean, this was the difference between Roma winning that match and not winning the match heading into the Derby. So Inter and Juve seem to be the class of the league right now, 28, 26 points. Milan's on 22 points. Napoli on 21. Atalanta 19. Bologna on 18. Those are the top six. And that is followed by Roma is the next team on 17. Um, and then it's followed by their level Fiorentina, Monza, and Lazio 16. Frozenone 15. Torino 15. Uh, and Lecce 13. Now, if Roma had lost that match when it was 1-0, Roma goes from being in 7th all the way down to 13th where Lecce is now. You know, that that's a huge swing. Those three points were a huge swing in the table. Uh, and just from an optic standpoint, it's only three points. But when you see yourself in 7th versus 13th heading into a derby, where Lazio is sitting 10th, it really paints a different picture, I think, in your mind of, like, how your team is doing. Uh, it And it just... There's still pressure to win the Derby, don't get me wrong, because I, I think if Roma can win this Derby, it really puts Lazio in, in a troublesome spot, and it could kind of catapult them along into that international break on 20 points. Maybe somebody else drops points, and maybe you're pushing you know, top five or top six after that. Um, but if they had lost this match yesterday and then dropped points again in the Derby, it becomes very troublesome through 12 matches, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, and I've been feeling like a broken record writing these match previews, these write-ups, everything like that. Lecce, that match was a must-win. Every match is now a must-win for yeah. this side. Uh, unfortunately, and I'm sure that's basically what Mourinho is telling them every single every single match day. That look, you guys lost the ability to not sweat the small stuff when you dropped so many points to start off the season. You, you got to, if, if they want to seriously be fighting for top four, which is within reach at this point, winning, uh-huh. winning that match, as you said, winning, winning against Lazio uh, would get Roma to 20 points. And Napoli plays Empoli next, uh, but they have a midweek match before that. Uh, and Napoli has not necessarily been bulletproof to start the season. Uh, one good game from Tommaso Baldanzi and, you know, maybe Napoli aren't getting all three points out of that. So things could really go Roma's way if they let it. And by letting it, I mean smacking Lazio back to the Stone Age, yeah. <laughs> which they need to do. Uh, that's about it's about as simple as it gets. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that looking ahead, finding the, I think the key thing for me is going to be finding the right amount of rotation for the Prague game on Thursday. I'm optimistic that they'll be able to do it properly. Um, make sure the players don't get, get injured, maybe try to build up Renato Sanchez's health so that he can play even more in the Derby because he's a quality player, even if he's not always available. Uh, yeah, I think that's... Roma's got to win against against Lazio. That's, I mean, it's pretty, that, that's pretty cut and dry as far as uh, rules for Roma go i mean you can't can't lose the derby when you when you can help it yeah i i I think it has to be a must-win derby and and especially i think too because in Mourinho's time here i think roma's won one of the four derbies right that they've played against uh 
against Saudi head to head. Not had a great derby record. I'm gonna double um, check right now, but I'm pretty sure of the last four that they've played with Mourinho here, it has not been very good. No, um, I know last season it definitely wasn't. Um, let's see, the last last year, of course, they had the the one nothing two one nothing losses, matching one nothing losses. Uh, the one before that, they did smack around Lazio three nothing, but they had lost the first head to head derby three two. Um, so this is to me, I think from that kind of mentality standpoint too, this is a big one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and just in general, I think that you know, as we said after the intermatch, there was a lot to be proud of from that intermatch. But if there's one thing that I want to see this side get better at, uh, it's winning against big clubs. And Lazio might be tenth in the table right now, but Lazio is always going to be a big club in Roma's estimation, even if they're like. Mm-hmm they've lost every single match and it's going to be, they're going to get relegated. Like it will be a big match day to play against Lazio. So to put it simply, this is still, this is a huge match. If Roma can get a win out of it, I'll be very happy. Uh, looking ahead to squad availability. I, it looks like both Alessio Romagnoli and Patrick are going to be available for the Derby della Capitale. That was under some doubt uh, because there was an incident after Lazio's defeat to Bologna uh, where they, you know, didn't exactly behave the best that they could. Um, and, I mean, I'm not exactly surprised given that they played for Lazio. But the point being, um, I would say that it's obviously going to be a lot harder for Roma to win with Romagnoli in particular in the starting 11 versus their alternative. I, it seems like only yesterday that he was coming up and he was, I think he was off at Sampdoria, right? He was, he had his season away. In, at yeah, Sam, they sent him we away. we were all excited he, about how yeah. good he was going to be. And then we sold him to Milan. And then a day later it came out that he had, he had been a Lazio fan his entire life. Yeah. And then he basically became uh, enemy number one in the uh, red side of Rome. Uh, and then he finally, you know, kind of sealed the deal by moving to Lazio. But he's a good defender. Um, unfortunately for for us. So hopefully uh, Rome was going to be able to kind of push back more than they were against, let's just be honest, not necessarily the best defenders in the league, like Basharolto, Pongracic, uh, Gendry. Dorgu looks like could become something, but he's not anything yet. Like, we're going to be playing against better defenders when we have the Derby della Capitale, and uh, Paolo Dybala needs to be ready to pounce. Um, Lukaku needs to be ready to pounce. And with reports saying that Lorenzo Pellegrini will be back for the Derby, we need to make sure. In fact, that's something that I hadn't thought of. Pellegrini, it would be good to get him some minutes if we can against Prague just so that we're not throwing him straight into the Derby. Because uh, I would imagine that he'll want to start that one. And there are better things for him to do than start the Derby with no match experience in the past couple weeks. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to start if he doesn't at least play some yeah. decent part on Thursday. Um, yeah, that, that would be a risk to me. Uh, I know he's the captain. I know he is, you know, important to the side. But I think if all the midfield is available and he's coming off injury, I think I see more of a cameo role for him. Um, yeah. But if, if they can get him back and Spinazzola back, which, you know, they're both kind of, you know, on the cusp of it um, from – you know what Gazette is saying, and there are probable formations that they're both potentially out for for about a week more, which it leads you up to the Derby. Yeah, at least then the bench becomes a lot deeper too, right? It gives you a lot more options off the bench. 
Um, you know, it doesn't force you to play El Shirari, the left wing back. If he, if, if you, you know, um, don't trust the left ski. It, there's a lot of moving parts. This Lazio side hasn't been very good. Uh, not that Roma's been great, but I mean, if you're ever going to beat Lazio in the Derby, now it's the time to do it. Um, and maybe really put them into a tailspin. I just want Roman to be aggressive. I don't want them to be too too much shitting back. Obviously, you don't want to open yourself up too much because that's not Roman style, but I, I do think they have to be aggressive. Um, I, I don't think Roman could just win on the counterattack, but having Dybala back with Lukaku, it excites me to see what they can do against uh, Romagnoli and Patrick. I, I think as good as Romagnoli can be at times, um, I think he can be handled by Lukaku, and they're also missing Kasale, who normally would start alongside him, who's also been pretty good. Um, I think Roma's got to go after that center back pairing and let Lukaku get to work. Um, and, and I think he can do that against, against Romagnoli. Yeah, I agree. I think that, that if there was a attacking core that could break down Lazio, Roma does have it at least on paper, uh, Lukaku, Dybala, Pellegrini, uh, and then pick one of El Shirawi, Spinazzola and Zalewski up, up on the left. I think that those are quite valuable players who can really punish a defense for one mistake. And I'm hopeful that looking ahead to the Derby, that the side will be able to come out with a win. Uh, I think I wouldn't bet on a win, but I'm not much of a better period. Uh, I, I think that I lean towards the win or draw column for this one, just because it does yeah. feel like there's a particular energy around the side right now in terms of, a desire to reassert itself as a top four side. There, there seems to be a particular energy around the club. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to end it, Jim. I think that that's what we expect from this side. I think it's this one of those derbies Roma have to win, I think just for their own uh, well-being moving forward. Hopefully it's a win in Prague and then a win in the Derby, but even if it's a draw in Prague and a win in the Derby, we'll take it, put Roma in an advantageous position heading into the international break. And, you know, hopefully we'll be back here next week talking about two positive results and Roma starting to kind of get themselves going in the right direction ahead of that um, stretch going into Christmas where we know that there's a lot of tough matches coming up. So we'll leave you guys there. Check back with the site. Obviously, we will have all of the, the, the match coverage for both of those matches, and then we'll be back next week to talk to you guys about both of them. Uh, we'll catch you next week.